Welcome to the third episode of the Canadian Cues podcast. My name is Julian McKenzie. Uh, special thanks to Jeremy Joshua, uh, who is producing uh, this episode. Uh, usually we have producer Tony in the studio, but uh, Jeremy Joshua is the man behind the board today. We have the very first Canadian outside of myself uh, to be on this podcast. Uh, her name is Avery Page. She is a TRF grad student just like myself. Uh, this time she's rapping from Ontario, from Toronto. Welcome to the Canadian Cues podcast. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being on the show. So if you can, uh, just talk a little bit about yourself and talk about how you ended up here at Newhouse. So I did my undergrad at Western University in London, Ontario, which if you're trying to situate that from the U.S. mind, it would be somewhere near Detroit, I believe. <laughs> So more towards the Michigan border rather than the Niagara Falls border. And I studied media information and technoculture um, with a strong emphasis in writing courses, which led me to Newhouse, where I want to pursue screenwriting. Okay, so for movies or TV? Both. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's totally fine. Have you ever written a screenplay? Yes. What was the screenplay about? It was called Sugar Boogers. And that sounds gross. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was an adaptation of a novella that I actually wrote. And it was basically about sex, drugs, rock and roll, that sort of thing. That's it cool. was like Broad City in a screenplay. Did you ever uh, do anything to get it? get it made Do you ever get actors or are you still thinking about getting it made or is it like one of those drafts you just write and you just really want to forget about it it was one of those um i mainly used it as a portfolio entry for graduate school and i think having studied screenwriting further it's something that i would definitely revisit should i pursue it in its production Fair enough. have you had time to write any screenplays since you've been here at newhouse or any short stories or anything of the sort? Mostly short films, and but mostly for classes. And this semester I'm getting more into television writing, and I'll be writing a feature film for the screenwriting master class. Cool. What are your favorite TV shows? Um, Mad Men, favorite TV show of all time for many reasons. Okay. Sopranos is a classic. Love anything that really... Provides social consciousness through comedy like Transparent, Orange is the New Black, even Weeds because it had a strong female lead. And I started watching the Canadian show Letter Kenny. Yo, that's the that's the big show that's getting so much love. Uh, Jared Kiso, uh, I forget he was in another show before he started doing Letter Kenny. He's in Nineteen Two actually. There's a there's a cop drama uh, that's actually set in Montreal. There's a French version. And there's an English version. He's one of the two cops, Jared Kiso, and now he's doing big with uh, Letterkenny. I haven't watched that show. Uh, I don't know if you can watch it outside of Crave TV, which is, uh, I guess, for all the Americans listening, it's a, uh, it's not necessarily Netflix, but you're able to stream TV shows off this uh, Canadian uh, streaming service offered by Bell, I believe. Yeah. We have to educate the Americans on on a lot of the Canadian isms will be dropping on the this particular segment so i will be cutting it in and out explaining uh a few things but uh yeah no uh, like letter kenny I've, I've heard a lot about it uh is can you give us like a sense of of what the show is about for for anyone who may want to find a way to watch it uh whether you're in america or whether you're in you're in canada 
I would describe Letter Kenny as not being heavy in plot, mm-hmm. but the dialogue is amazing. It's basically something like Broad City if you set it in a rural Ontario town. Yeah. But a, a way bigger cast. And for me, growing up in Canada, I feel like many of the characters are people that I know from high school. It's insane. Like there's hockey bros mm-hmm. and who drive around in their Jeep, and it's just, it's uncanny, truly. Yeah. One, one thing that's that's interesting is, is I mean, from the few commercials I've seen from Letterkenny, you, I love the fact that you brought up uh, all the, the hockey bros and, and the rural Ontario that's there, because coming up from Montreal, I've never really seen that. Like, I mean, oh. Montreal's like a, like a city. Like, well, of course it's a city. Montreal is this city environment where... Once you branch out of that and you see all the rural start, it's kind of jarring to me. Like I remember, like I I went to to this up rural place, uh, Bay Como, for about a week, like a few months ago. I had to do this investigative project, uh, a project for a class, and it's pretty much like a ghost town. So for me as a city kid, I'm looking around and I'm like, there's there's nobody here, and everyone speaks like Pyrenees French, like French, French, French. Like I, I French is my second language. But I mean, I can speak French like well enough. That being said, if you if you talk French to any of those people, they're they're looking at you like, like really weirdly because I mean, my French wasn't on par. It's they speak so fast. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm not really around any of the rural Canadian like maple syrup flannel wearing types, right? So so people get really kind of weirded out, I guess, whenever I tell them I'm I'm from Montreal and I'm not saying all the stereotypes like a boot. You don't say a boot. Well, I've been told by Americans that I say it, and the same Americans have said Julian does that. <laughs> That's so, so weird. Don't I, I don't other. say it. I don't say it at all. I don't say a boot. I don't say a. Um, what's another Canadian's? I don't drink like maple syrup like crazy. I don't know where people get that I don't from. Drink it. It's more of a. It's not a condiment. It's like yeah. A, I don't know. It's like an additive. My favorite. Um, not this, yeah, a story from last semester where uh, one of the uh, research assistants, uh, well, you know him, uh, Benjamin Cooper, I'm going to mention him on this podcast, uh, tried to debate me about where to find the best uh, poutine. Uh, for those who don't know about poutine, it's basically fries with uh, cheese curds and gravy. Uh, it is a Quebec delicacy. I'm not sure how the rest of Canada appreciates poutine, but the best place to get it, go to Quebec for it. Don't Don't go to like Toronto or anything like that, but Ben was basically trying to debate me that Toronto is the best place to get poutine because unlike Toronto, um, well, basically Montreal basically puts their poutine in mason jars, which mm. that's not accurate at all. Or if it is, I don't know if I'd want to eat poutine. So I don't know what his deal is. So we have a, a chain of fast food restaurants that are dedicated called smokes okay I, we, I don't think we have smokes it's amazing but you can get it with um like my favorite is their veggie nachos okay so it's fries veggie gravy you get the guac sour cream salsa all that kind of stuff with the cheese curds okay and it's amazing like here's my thing about fries and poutine like i mean i'm not a big poutine guy i'm very simple with my fries just give me fries Give me ketchup, 
and don't be one of those people that like spritz ketchup like all over the fries like a madman. There's mm-hmm. two types of people in this world, Avery. There are people who put ketchup on the side of fries and there are people who put ketchup like drizzling it all over the fries. You don't want to be that second person. No, you don't. Be that first person. Exactly. But, you know, I don't need like vinegar or or any type of weird thing you'd want to put on fries or 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 pepper or or you know, just give me my fries. That's all I want. That's it. It's there's there's nothing Canadian about it. There's nothing. It's just universal. Just give me my fries. Uh, okay. Here's the next serious question. Coming to America, what was the biggest culture shock uh, you encountered? Other than meeting Republicans in <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry to offend, but um, it's pretty I liberal show. There's a lot of little things that add up for me, like celsius versus fahrenheit like when someone's like oh it's 80 degrees out today i don't know what that means <laughs> or, <laughs> and they look at you so weird when you're like what do you mean it was 80 degrees i'm also i don't have a car but if i did i wouldn't know if i was buying gas at a fair price or not that's true right because they do everything by the gallon yeah we do it by the liter yes exactly or when you go to the corner store and you want to buy a bag of all-dressed chips. Or you say bag. That's one thing Ontarians do. You say bag instead of bag. I heard it. Damn it. I got it. There was at least one thing I knew you guys did. Sorry. Or, or Miss Vicky's. Like, there's... Miss Vicky's is... um, uh, what well, we call Joe Louis. No. Oh, no, it's the chips. Yeah. Oh, my God. Wow. Sorry. I completely blacked out. Yeah, no. That's true. They don't have those yeah. here. Oh, God. They're made in Creamore, Ontario. Oh, shoot. Just things like that. And then they all add up, really, yeah. for me. I don't think people in America appreciate O. Henry bars like Canadians do. I don't know if that's a Canadian or American thing, but I've come across like Americans who look at me really weirdly about that. Um, Ruffles chips. I don't know if that's a thing here. I think there might be. Actually, all dressed Ruffles chips. All dressed isn't a thing in America. No, it's not. And neither it's is a, ketchup it's chips. A crying shame. All dressed in ketchup chips, outside of your regular nature and your Doritos chips, which uh, I know some people who are listening know that I love Doritos chips. Uh, those two particular flavors I'm singling out are two of the greatest treasures that Canada has to offer. I'm talking like Justin Trudeau needs to be exporting that shit to like Donald Trump like ASAP. Like ASAP. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. How do you feel about – well, I mean you kind of let that slip with the whole Republican comment. But how do you feel about going to school and, and living in America in, in Donald Trump's America? I think it's one thing being on a university campus because – well, definitely this university by and large – is does not support Trump, I would say, or mm-hmm. at least the people that we interact with on campus. Mm-hmm. But it's very jarring to hear someone say that they are a Trump supporter because that's just so far removed from the culture we grew up in. Because even our conservatives are more in line with U.S. Democrats. So at, at the most conservative our countries have been is nothing compared to Donald Trump's brand of conservatism. Right. Like, if you look through the history of Canadian politics, can you think of anyone who was calling out Mexicans and, 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 and Muslims and even getting into the country as a refugee or is, is a 
pretty relatively easy time, I think I would say. I'm not a politics or or, or border expert in that in that in that aspect, but I think you have a much easier time getting into Canada than than the US. Am I right? Definitely. Like even if you look at the number of Syrian refugees that Canada has brought in compared to the number that the US has brought in, and even Donald Trump is looking to block the visas mm-hmm. of Syrians who have been sort of given the go-ahead to come over. Syrians, uh, Iran is also in that, uh, Libya. There's a whole host of Middle Eastern countries who are uh, implicated uh, should this pass. Yeah, no, but it's really weird to see someone like Donald Trump. Here's one thing I'll point out. It's It's weird to see someone like Donald Trump say the things that he's saying and get a rise out of the American people enough that he can win. But the even weirder thing is seeing not only Canadians talk about it, but Canadians be in support about it. I remember throughout the the entire election cycle, seeing you know friends on on Facebook go in on go in on it and start tweeting out "Make America Great Again." Like they don't live in in America; they have no clue what people are going through right now, and it's so weird to see them as Trump supporters. I always feel that. For some, I mean, I guess it's because America is the leader of the free world and this big country and they take over all, all of our, our media cycles and whatnot. But I always see more Canadians get into American elections than they do for our own. Oh, totally. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know a lot of people our age that have voted in any Canadian election, which is sad. It's an interesting point. I mean, then again, I've seen people around my age group not only uh, vote, but a lot of them were starting to get into campaigning and 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 volunteering for for select political parties. Like I've seen people uh, do stuff for the Liberal Party, and I've had people uh, try to encourage me to join the NDP mm-hmm. as like a volunteer. I remember there was this one friend of mine who uh, we were in the same high school for like two years, and then he moved off to the East Coast, and I think he's abroad in in Asia right now. And he lives in this particular district in 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 Montreal, uh, NDG. And I, I I was born there, but I don't live there anymore. And he hit me up one day and was like, "Hey, I'm in town. Like, we should we should catch up. You know, we should you know just have a coffee, whatever." And I figured it was just like you know just a little basic little catch up with this old friend of mine. And then he starts being all like, "I want to see if I can recruit you to the NDP." And I was like, "What the hell is this?" It's like, yo, because his dad actually is uh, was running for uh, running for a position in NDG. And uh, my friend was just trying to get me to support him. I was like, that'd be really cool, except I don't live here anymore. So I can't really I can't really do that. But, yeah, no, that that's happened. There there are the few people in Canada who, who care that much. That being said, I still find the overwhelming majority of my friend circle anyway. They're going to throw way more into this presidential cycle in the in the u.s also how annoying is it when people come up to you and they say oh you're president justin trudeau how annoying is that yeah he's not our political systems are very different yes which is probably for the better (laughs) (laughs) yes unless kevin o'leary has something to say about it who people are trying to peg him as as Canada's Donald Trump, I guess. But he's not nearly as as inflammatory. No, the Dragon's Den guy. Yeah, exactly. It's just 
I think people peg him as that because he definitely um, is a neoliberalist, mm-hmm. and which is the opposite of Justin Trudeau's version of socialism. And a lot of neoliberalist capitalists love Trump mm-hmm. because he's seen as this guy who took a small loan of a million dollars and made it into an empire. <laughs> By the way, we mentioned Dragon's Den. Uh, Dragon's Den is, I think, is the Canadian version of Shark Tank. Yeah, it was. It was around before Shark Tank, and yes. then I believe Kevin O'Leary actually took the show to the state. Yeah, because yeah, that's true. He's been on both. Yeah, so uh, Kevin O'Leary, who you may have seen on on Shark Tank, is is trying to push uh, Justin Trudeau uh, out of office uh, at some point, I guess. Uh, my what's Justin Trudeau? Uh, who many people love because of his his youth, his exuberance, uh, his hair. He's Mr. Selfie. Yeah, he's he's Mr. Selfie. Uh, Mr. You know, well, did you see the the selfie he took with those those? Uh, there was like these two girls who were trying to ask him about Aboriginal issues as he was taking a selfie, and as soon as he got asked about it, he just ran away from the camera and and just started answering questions. When you see stuff like that from from Justin Trudeau, do you think like the the honeymoon? phase of of Justin Trudeau is pretty much over? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I think a lot of people are growing more and more frustrated with him. I think there's still a huge crisis in our country that the world doesn't necessarily know about because of other issues that are going on in the world definitely overshadow it, but indigenous people in our country are not are not being treated humanely. Mm-hmm. The living conditions, the mental health crises, the way Aboriginal women are brutally treated by the RCMP, which are the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Yeah, or Mounties, Mounties. as they're they're often shortened to. Yeah, no, that's great that you mentioned that because a lot of people we people have this natural assumption that Canada is this open and and welcoming place, and it and it is to a certain extent. But it's not completely universal, and especially with with Abor- with Aboriginals and and with with the Aboriginals in Canada who are who are mistreated. Uh, that's one huge population uh, that can definitely say that they're not getting the respect that they deserve, and it's it's a shame to see. And and if Trudeau doesn't if Trudeau doesn't do anything about that, then that's going to put a, a sour note on his on his term as 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 prime minister. So I'm glad you mentioned that. So yeah. Canada is Canada can be welcoming, but that's not to say that there isn't violence, that's not to say that there isn't racism and you know Justin Trudeau's fine, but and he's no Donald Trump, but he's not perfect. Yeah. As opposed to what a lot of Americans felt about him uh, I remember in the summer, like a ton of people would come to me. Like the first thing they would say is like, oh, my God, I love Justin Trudeau. Like they're so like enamored with him and they really wanted him to be their president. Air quotes on that. No, because he's fresh and good looking. He almost inspires a Kennedy esque aura about him because yeah. he's got a beautiful, fashionable wife. He himself is young and handsome and they have young children in what is it, Sussex Drive? No. It's, yeah, Sussex Drive. Yeah, I think that's where. Uh, that's where he lives. That's where he lives. He's all. He also has. Uh, there's a video that was going around. I think he did an interview on. Uh, I think it was on a French TV station. I think it was TVA. I'm not sure which one it was, but uh, 
He has this particular party trick. Oh my god! Where he, he falls, he pretends to fall down the <laughs> stairs. It is hysterical. Check it out right now. Oh my god! Yeah, no. So yeah, Justin Trudeau, uh, with this history about him, was like a ballet. He's like he's like a ballet instructor. He was a dance instructor. He was a ski instructor. Uh, he had all this wide variety of jobs. It just so happened that his dad, once upon a time, was the prime minister of this of our wonderful country, and uh, he gave a passionate speech at his uh, funeral. And like sixteen years, fifteen years later, he ends up being prime minister. Yeah. It was twenty fifteen. He got elected. Yeah. I almost forgot about the date he got elected. I almost did. No, but uh, I'm happy Justin Trudeau is our prime minister as opposed to the orange one. Yes, and I just like to clarify. Yes. Um, Justin Trudeau is not responsible for the indigenous issues. Yeah, he's not responsible. He's just not. He just isn't addressing them properly. Right, right. It's not his fault. It's not his fault. A longstanding practice of racism on part of the European Canadians, as you will, against the indigenous people who lived in Canada before anyone ever settled there. And I was thinking about this the other day. Mm -hmm. I never learned about anything other than these are totem poles. These are the different names of the different tribes in school until university. Really? So for the Americans that don't know, basically the Europeans set up these things called residential schools where they would take indigenous children away from their homes and try and sort of erase their native cultures from them and Europeanize them. And they were treated horribly. They were, most of them never saw their families again. Um, They practiced eugenics, so they sterilized these people so that they wouldn't be able to reproduce. And this practice went on until, I believe, the 60s. And many of these people are still living and have never seen justice on this. And this is something I didn't learn about until I went to university, which is kids in school should learn about this. There's a ton of things. And we could have a whole podcast yeah. on, on things that, you know, our youth should be learning about in high school onward. Yeah. And not even just with with with, Amer- with natives, Native American issues or, or, or black history or anything of the yeah. sort. There's a ton of stuff. Like we could was, be learning about. There was a there was um, black slavery in Montreal. Oh yeah, no, and which and we never learned about. And and there's the the community of of Africville in the in the East Coast that uh, was just I think it was in Nova Scotia where yeah. that pretty much got mowed down and and turned into to complexes. Canada is a I mean a lot of people from America were like, yo man, we're gonna go to Canada. It's this free wonderful place. There's no racism. Canada's got got it. I'm not saying it's it's like America's history, but they no. they have history. Exactly. They have history. So if you're listening to this this particular segment and your your view on Canada has changed, or at the very least, you definitely want to learn a little bit more about Canada. I hope we've been able to to spark that flame. And uh, Avery, I can't thank you enough for for joining us on the first segment of the Canadian Cues podcast. And uh, thank you for making history, being the first <laughs> Canadian guest on the show you will definitely not be the last canadian and hopefully this won't be the last time you'll be on the show yeah thank you it's my pleasure